0: All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest of the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, our little look at the Australian film industry. And today we've got the good fortune to be speaking to Dean Murphy. Now, Dean Murphy is the director of a number of films, and we'll go through some of the... uh, uh, madcap adventures of his filmmaking life, but we're particularly focused on a film that's going to come out on March the fifteenth, and it's fifteenth, uh, and it's probably a quintessential Australian production, which and it's called "That's Not My Dog." That's correct, isn't it, Dean?
1: It is indeed.
0: Amazing, and uh, I was sitting there watching, uh, I don't generally uh, look into what a film's going to present to me before I go to see it, I know some people do, but I decided I'd just go in there and and uh, I started to realise what it is, is a homage to uh, the great joke or uh, the telling of jokes, isn't it? It is.
1: It's both um, Shane Jacobson who I made the film with and I, we both grew up with fathers that told us jokes from as uh, young as we could remember they're always great joke tellers and Shane and I have worked together on and off for many years and we're always saying it's a pity no one tells jokes anymore today you know when friends get together if they've got something funny to share it's on their phone or you know on the computer and uh, they all stand around look at you know at a one minute clip on a phone and then laugh at the end of it but we felt that it's a real pity that people used to have to perform for their friends to make them laugh and tell them a joke or tell them a story and do that a lot more. And we always said, it's such a pity that that doesn't happen anymore. And we said, we should just do a film that just celebrates joke telling. You know, and we're both lucky enough to know a lot of funny people. We thought we should just gather the funniest people we know and uh, do a real celebration to a great uh, joke telling and storytelling. And That's what the film is, a celebration of that, really.
0: It's it's fascinating because the person I went with said that uh, uh, that would have been a great party to go to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's basically what we wanted to, to do. We wanted to set a real party and had amazing bands come along and perform all night with Black Sorrows and Russell Morris and Adam Brand and The Meltdown and all these great musicians were all performing while we just had... A bunch of funny people, everyone from Shane, obviously, to Steve Vizard and Jim Owen and Paul Hogan and Fiona O'Loughlin and Stephen Hall and Marty Fields. And there was about 30 comics. And I have to say, different. Chrissy
0: Willen-Brown probably is, uh, if I've got the person correct, was a com- uh, complete eye-opener. She, she's yeah. the one that tells the um, Notre Dame joke, right?
1: Oh, no, that was Michaela Bennett. Oh, well, Mac- <laughs>
0: she, she was a... Uh, that, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, uh, obviously you recognise these people. Everybody's recognisable. You may not have put yeah. the uh, tags to the right person, but uh, that's one of the things that's so uh, endearing about the film, in fact, is that all these people are very well-known Australian actors or comedians or uh, well-known for another reason, and uh, here they are in a... Uh, a a very sociable uh, location and place, uh, living their hair down and telling jokes.
1: Michaela was funny because she said, I'm not really a joke teller. My dad was a great joke teller and she was a bit shy on the night because there's all these other comedians who are really known for telling jokes. And then right towards the end of the night, she comes out with the Nostradamus joke, as you say, and fills the show. Yeah, everyone was like, "Look at that I mean, dark horse!" Just yeah, both,
0: it, but both of the both of the jokes she told were real winners.
1: Yeah, yeah, she um, had nothing to be humble about whatsoever. She was fantastic, and uh, it was really surprising because we didn't know a lot of the jokes that were going to be told. And it was that funny thing where some people like, "Oh, I don't really tell jokes because I can never remember them."
0: Everybody and, says so, that.
1: Yeah, so we were sort of helping them and saying, you know, there's this joke and that joke, and then it would always trigger them going, oh, I have thought of a joke that, you know, my dad used to tell or I heard as a kid. And then as the night went on, people just came up with more and more and more jokes of their own. And uh, so we basically just sat back and let them go for it. And it was um, hilarious. And it's funny, in some scenes in the editing, we had to sort of keep cutting around to different cameras because if any of the cameramen were close enough to hear the jokes... (laughs) <laughs> the cameras would start shaking when they were hearing the punch lines. Yeah. so some of them put um like little earpluggy pieces of paper and that in one ear so they wouldn't be able to hear the joke well enough so they could still be in filming the uh, person doing it but not get the detail of the joke so they didn't have to uh, try and stifle laughs so it was um very much a real party sort of atmosphere that we captured and it was um great
0: fun. Well, you know, there's a couple of things. uh, When you said before that uh, a lot of people uh, now, you know, get their uh, uh, massage their bunny bone by looking at things on Uh, on um, their phones, their mobile phones, and you see it all the time. It's part of the uh, vocabulary of modern life. But actually, most of it is slapstick, isn't it? It's uh, the uh, world's funniest uh, uh, accidents, more or less. And that's not the same thing as the drama of telling a joke.
1: Fiona O'Loughlin, who's a a very well-loved comedian... She was funny, at the end of the night she came up, she said, I saw tell stories in my stand-up, and she said, I don't tell a lot of jokes. She said, but just watching the joy that people got tonight, she said, not only the people that are hearing the jokes, but the people telling the jokes, seeing their friends laugh. She said, it's a really lovely, uh, unselfish thing to do. She said, because you only tell the joke for one purpose, and she said, that's to make your friends laugh. And she said, what a lovely thing to do, and she um, really enjoyed that, just... Saying and you know, it's just you just want to entertain your friends and she said that's just such a pure thing to want to do and yeah it was interesting the the way different comedians and people approached it and uh, but it was um, we were blessed to have so many amazing people in it. Uh, well,
0: you know that takes us to the next thing, which uh, the person I went with said we both were uh, very interested in how you were able to produce something that was so had such a light touch. Uh, and uh, the work that must have gone into making that product—tell me about it. Mm. How did you do that?
1: The the process well, it was interesting. None of the a lot of the comedians and people would work with. I'd worked with um, Shane before. I'd worked with hogues before, and um, oh, Christy Wheel and Brown. Quite a lot of them. So I was able to call on some friends, as was Shane. In. Putting it together, but we were incredibly vague with what we told everybody. None of them knew. They just sort of, luckily, trusted us and came along to this party. And some of them thought that they might be standing up on stage telling jokes, or they weren't quite sure when they got there. I said, "No, it's just a party." Everyone was radio miked separately, so they could just yeah, yeah. So they could just go and party. We basically had recording. Uh, turned into, like, 60 tracks of audio. Yeah, yeah. And people could just go and party, and we would just go around to the different groups, and then people would mix and mingle. And um, yeah, it's sort of hard to explain the process more than saying we did everything we could to set up the vibe that it was a real party and have everyone feel as though they're at a real party, which is what it turned into. And then we just tried to capture that as best we could um it was interesting quite a few of the uh comics commented afterwards they said we actually forgot we were shooting a movie That's We right just thought we we're at a party and i said great that was the whole aim of the night we didn't want anybody to think that they were performing to cameras it was just really about performing to your friends because we really wanted to capture that thing that we all know where you've been at parties and more probably years ago than now and you know you're at a barbecue somewhere and you're standing around and you're just sharing jokes and stories with friends so we really wanted to capture that vibe on what turned out to be the coldest night of the year last year.
0: (laughs) You had a beautiful (laughs) moon, you had a beautiful moon.
1: Yeah, it had a great moon, but yeah, it was uh, certainly a freezing cold night and everyone had plenty of layers on. But, um, I just want to remind yeah, yeah, listeners
0: yeah. that we're they're listening to 3CR and it's Show Real, and we're talking to Dean Murphy, who's the director of a film that's coming out on March the 15th, an Australian film called That's Not My Dog, which uh, the uh, title, I was thinking about it, evaluating the title, and of course it's a punchline to a joke, isn't it? It is.
1: It's a... Uh, Punchline for a joke that's not in the movie. That's so right. So people actually have to uh, you look subtle
0: it up guy, they you. know the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. It's a very cute thing. Um, there's, an, uh, there's a whole range of elements to this movie that show quite clearly your expertise and also uh, J- uh, Shane Jacobson's uh, uh ability uh within the context of telling a story because yes there's lots of jokes and that is the main game but uh you frame it in a really uh, uh personable way with uh the introduction uh, with shane jacobson and his real dad
1: yeah and um a lot of people probably uh, remember shane's father who played his father in Kenny, mm. and um He's just a a wonderful character like um, no one else I've ever met. Mm. (laughs) And he tells jokes all the time, whether it's appropriate or not. That's Mm. Ryan He's just an amazing joke teller. So when Shane and I were first talking about it, unfortunately my uh, father passed away about eight years ago. And I said to Shane, if my dad was around, I'd want him at this party. And I said, we're so blessed that your father can be there and i said you know to return all of those jokes and we talked about that that's why we're throwing the party to uh um you know as a tribute to his father and it's really nice that we we're able to do that and then ron ron loved every minute of it which he's 82 or 83 now and he loved every minute of the night so it was great that we were able to do that
0: now the next thing is the uh uh introduction or the inserting of I have to say absolutely fabulous musicians and music uh, so mm-hmm. the the telling of a joke and the uh, human and uh, communication element that goes into people interacting with each other on a joke level is quite similar isn't it to music it gives out the same feeling
1: yeah it's all um, we just wanted to be um, a real celebration of people having fun and, and entertaining each other because there's obviously so much nastiness goes on in the world and so many shows nowadays where it's all about people attacking each other and being nasty behind each other's back and we just didn't want any of that. We wanted to go the exact other way and show the other side of people and um, and the music was a fantastic way to be able to do that. We really wanted to show the musicians... Um, at their best as well of what they're able to do because so often the guitar players and the drummers and the keyboard players and all that are in the background and you never really get to see the skill. So we wanted to be able to spend time in between jokes really seeing the skill of these musicians. And it's just incredible because, as I was saying, it was the coldest night ever that we're up there and these guys walking up, you know, shivering, picking up their guitars and then doing the most incredible guitar solos where the rest of us, we couldn't get our fingers to work and these guys are just doing this, showing this incredible musicianship. So that was um, that was wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we, it was great to watch and listen
1: to. Yeah, it. and we weren't filmmakers. We were all just fans that night. And there's been we they're just looking at it all in awe of how good these guys were and we sort of had front row seats filming it and being there. At this event so it was um, yeah, terrific, a terrific real privilege
0: yeah yeah i I've, um, I was I mean I, uh, Joe Camilleri's never never disappoints but I have to say that um, I had never actually uh, seen um, uh, I, I, oh sorry I've forgotten his name the um, the one which
1: Russ. Russell, Russell,
0: Morris. Ru- Russell Morris, yeah, sorry, um, that's a, a, a real slip. Uh, Russell Morris, he was just unbelievable.
1: It's unbelievable how amazing his voice is. I know. is, you know, because a lot of the performers that have uh, performed for as long as he has, you mm. know, their voices have started to go, but he does things um, Wings of an Eagle, and he's Voice is every bit as good as it was, you know, forty years ago. It's like it was incredible to to see that happen because we we're all like, "How's this going to go?" And then as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, "Wow, he's just incredible!" And yeah, yeah. So that absolutely was, um, incredible to be able to see that. Yeah.
0: Now, you, you've you had a pretty remarkable career. I mean, this is a great uh, idea that uh, in film that you've done, That's Not My Dog, and people should go along to see it because it's so much fun, and it tells you so much about... I mean, you know, the person I went with and I started to tell jokes on our way home, <laughs> which is, of course, what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, but... Um, Oh there's one one thing that they didn't do. They didn't do very many absurdist jokes. So, you know, when I was on my way home, one of my favorite because it doesn't take very much skill to say, and I was surprised that the person I was with didn't know the punchline, but uh, uh, which was um what do wombats play? And um I said wom, which is for me it's just, I just find that really funny. <laughs> But it's an absurdist joke. Uh, And there are other types of jokes, but you know, it just leads you to want to explore so many other aspects to what humans do best, which is actually these kind of crazy little. Um, things that bring, as you say, joy. But I, I was just going to divert and say that looking at your um, bio, you've done some pretty extraordinary things. And I was going to say that from your, you know, the age of seventeen, apparently you did your first feature, which was just cruising, which allowed you to <laughs> then go off to America and uh, uh, play second fiddle to a, a pretty important uh, producer, George. Falsi Junior, who did Trading Places and Coming to America, Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, going from cruising to that to this. You know, what's the journey? Um,
1: That was a crazy time because I grew up on a a dairy farm um, and uh, up in the Kewa Valley and. I made just cruising up there and I actually made one other film up there in ninety two called Lex and Rory and Lex and Rory was seen at the American film market by George Folsey Junior who invited me to go to America and work on a project with him. And from when I got the call I still I was milking cows <laughs> on the farm and my mother came down and said, You had a call from America by George Folsey Junior and there was no internet really but I had a film book that I'd gotten from somewhere that had credits of all sorts of influential people in the industry and I went and looked him up and couldn't believe that he'd done the Blues Brothers and Three Amigos and Spies Like Us and all of these films so I uh, rang him up and he said I you know I enjoyed your film I've got a film I'd like you to come to America and do and it was literally 48 hours later I was in LA and uh working with George and until I got myself set up he said, oh, my wife and I, we have a guest house uh, in Brentwood that you can stay in and it was three doors away from OJ Simpson so it turned out I was living just three doors down from OJ Simpson right through his whole murder trial and
0: the debacle. all of that mm.
1: which, was, yeah, which was all pretty crazy so I knew I was no longer on the farm <laughs> so I worked over there with George for a, a number of years and then came back to Australia and set up a company called Instinct and uh, we've produced films and, and some television back here sort of since then really.
0: So uh, do you do you keep your hand in, do you do some stuff overseas as well as stuff here or do you prefer to be here?
1: Yeah, I've got a, uh, I'd much prefer to be here. I, um I love my time in LA, the three years. I spent there I had a, a fantastic time, but no i always my aim was always to build up the Australian film industry and do films here that can go internationally as opposed to become a part of the american system and um, and that's sort of what i've been lucky enough to be able to do um, uh, yeah so it's it's worked out the way i'm happy with anyway
0: yeah so you've been um making some um Interesting. Uh, You you move from documentaries. You've done a couple of features as well, right? You know, like, which one do you like? I mean, do you see that there's any difference between the two, in a sense?
1: Um, Features are definitely my favourite. Yeah, I much prefer to do features than anything else, really. Um, uh, And yeah, documentaries are interesting too because uh, it really depends on the subject matter and, and who you're working with. I the, the Part of the process I really enjoy is coming up with an idea and being able to follow it through and sort of, and that's it. So it's sort of why I haven't chosen to do television as such because it's someone else's idea that you're sort of tapping into where I sort of much prefer to sort of originate it. That sort of, to me, is the most enjoyable part of the process and and uh, that's what I aim to do generally.
0: I mean, because That's Not My Dog is a knockabout film, really, isn't it? Uh, And in a sense, it could turn up on TV because it's the right sort of flavour for everyday living and that's where TV Mm -hmm. sits, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. And um, I believe um, that it is going to television at some stage as well. It's all part of the the Financing of it, but um, and there's some fantastic TV being made nowadays. Um, uh, oh, well, and, no, that's you know, right, yeah.
0: They're, they're actually, it, in fact, it's the uh, new black, isn't it, or whatever the term is, to mm. uh, have a Netflix uh, series and all this sort of stuff. And you know, this is the the way you know, people binge watch, and but it's not the same as making a feature, it's it features are a statement of uh, that uh you know, it's a form of its own. It, it, it'd it be a pity if it disappeared.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think it'll, it'll disappear. And, yeah, I think there's room in the world for all of them, luckily.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, uh, that, uh, that's not my dog. Like, it is having having a um, theatrical release. It's starting on March the 15th. Can people see it in Melbourne?
1: They can. It's in um, all over Melbourne, basically, in and Village and Palace and, yeah, it's in, I did see a list, it's in about 25 cinemas in Melbourne, so it's it's pretty easy to find.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thanks for talking to me this morning.
1: No worries at all.
0: Yeah, it was a pleasure. Okay,
1: bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia.